Go ahead and have a seat, if you will. Good morning, church. How you doing? Hope you guys are good, good, good. Um, want to introduce a friend of mine to you this morning, um, Jason Beard. You can come on up if you want to, Jason. I can see you good. You're kind of in the shadows there. But um, Jason and I have gotten to know each other. Uh, we meet every Monday morning at 8 o'clock, and so I get to start my week with Jason um, and it is a privilege um, every week, really and truly, to sit down and we, we go through um, different discipleship type things. And um, one of the things that I've seen with Jason is just his love for the Lord. Um, and you're going to see that today as he shares a message. This message has been brewing in his heart for quite a while now. And so I'm excited for him to be able to share this with you. Jason um, also heads up a ministry called the KT Team. A lot of you have heard of this ministry, especially if you love to hunt and love the outdoors, you've heard a lot about this ministry. Um, they began to minister and share hunting and the outdoors with people with different physical challenges. But what's happened over time is it's just been uh, gathering just incredible people together um, from all different backgrounds, walks of life, and, and it's an incredible group of guys that are doing a really, really amazing thing and that God's doing amazing things through them as they share the word of God with um, so many different people. And so um, I'm excited for one, for Jason to have this opportunity, but two, for you to be able to hear him and hear his heart um, and just what God's done um, in him and, and is doing through him and, and the word that he's put on his heart today. And so I'm gonna hush, I'm excited. Um, it's gonna be powerful. And uh, Jason, I appreciate you, man, and looking forward to it. Thank you. Well, good morning. How's everyone this morning? Um, I've given my testimony several times, but never given a message. This is my first one. So um, looking forward to it, though. I've been asked several times leading up to today, like, are you nervous? And what's your thoughts on it? And really, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I pretty well said that if it was up to my talent, I wouldn't even attempt it. I'm doing a little research the last few weeks and for a fundraiser for the KT team and uh, I was looking up like motivational speakers and some speakers get like $50,000 like per speech. I was like, wow, you know, I was invited once to give my testimony and they gave me a, a tank of gas and some barbecue raccoon. And <laughs> I tell you what though, that, that barbecue raccoon, it was, it's priceless. I believe it was worth $50,000, but uh, so that, that's what you guys, you know, got to look forward to, <laughs> to put it in perspective. But uh, really, I'm pretty comfortable like sharing where I get my peace and joy in my life, honestly. Sometimes I feel undeserving of it because I, I really, uh, like it's real, like I, I go through daily struggles and with my physical challenge, but man, the peace and joy is just always there and I'm, I'm very grateful for it. 
I'm going to do everything in my power over the uh, next 30, 45 minutes just to point you to that source because that's where I get my true inspiration. So if y'all can like overlook the arms and the awkward pauses and double negatives, we'll, we'll jump right in. How about that? Uh, turn to Psalms 1. In this verse one through three. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields his fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I like that in that prospers, got a little ring to it. But um, I'm gonna lead us in prayer, but I'm gonna say lead us in prayer, something that works for me and you might wanna try. Like I'll leave message, you know, services and I'm like, man, worship team didn't play my favorite song and what did the, I didn't get anything out of the message. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to YouTube. But when I get a lot out of it, like I ask for it, like I come on the way here, like praying for the worship team, like just for the praise of the Lord and, and praying for whoever's speaking, like just the Holy Spirit to, to feel them, to touch hearts. And usually when I do that, I, like I, I get more out of it. So I just challenge you just to ask for something today, you know, that you want to get to know God better. So I'll leave some prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for all many blessings, Lord. Just thank you so much for bringing us here together. And we just want to, Lord. We want, we want to get to know you better, Lord. We, You are holy and you are separate. And, and we don't always understand, but... We want to, Lord, and you sent uh, Jesus so we could enter back into your presence and, and, and do have a relationship with you, Lord, and we thank you for that. We thank you for this time we have. I just pray that the word falls on good soul today, Lord, and, and, and we thank you for this opportunity we have together. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, look at, let's look at verse 1 like, and look at it as though two and three, like, doesn't exist. Like, like, to live a blessed life, you have to do these things. And blessed is, uh, like in Hebrew, oh, how happy. You know, blessed is a wonderful word. We, we don't have a great day. We often say we have a blessed day. So we all want that, right? But in order to be blessed, we have to do these things. Do not walk in step with the wicked. And we're not, that scripture's not talking about like death row wicked. Like a definition of wicked is someone capable of a sin, someone capable of MRAT. Um, that's pretty tough. Like if you come, whoever you come here with today, you pretty well know, know them pretty good probably, and you know they're capable of sin. I know uh, that was tough for me. I mean, what are you gonna do, like walk home? I mean, I would get left. 
You know, um, lucky for me, I have a full charge. I can go 26 miles on a full charge. So I, I could run a marathon and not even get out of breath. But that's tough, right? I mean, not to be around someone that's capable of sin or stand in the way that sinners take. Now, sinner, like you, you're engaged in, like you commit the immoral act. And if it's some like heinous crime, obviously you'll, you can resist, call 911 or whatever. But stand in the way that sinners take, like you walk in step with the wicked because you, you probably somewhat like them. And you're around sinners because probably you sin similarly, you know, you, you, you have similar uh, desires of the flesh. And then you progress into sitting in the company of mockers. Like mockers is like you imitate or mimic. So you're planted in the world then. Like you're, you are, our, you know, you're comfortable in your surroundings probably. So you, you're imitating them, they imitate you. You're, you're living a worldly life at that point. Like you're, you're full on living in the world. And I was so like that, you know, for so long. I went through a little bit of a wild stage and like I lived for the moment. Like alcohol, sexual immorality, you know, like I wanted to have fun now. I didn't think five minutes ahead of time. It was living for the moment. And our God couldn't use me in that state. He, he just couldn't. You know, I was living a worldly life. And one of the things I do have a blessing in my life now is volunteer for the KT team. And we spend a lot of time outdoors. When I'm outdoors, I'm always looking for like uh, how God's creation ties back to his word and how his word ties to creation. So I got a picture for you guys of my representation of like a worldly life and nature. All right, some may see, you know, pretty trees or whatnot. And just for the record, like I'm pro timber industry. So I don't want to get in trouble on this one. I have a lot of good friends in the timber industry and if it weren't for them, boy, you think Charmin was hold, hard to get a hold of last year? Woo, we'd be, in, we'd be in bad shape. But look at this, like you see the trees. All right, I don't see God's imagination in this. He didn't plant those trees in straight rows. I did. Actually, that's some picture of some planting pine trees I planted or helped plant. It's a two-man job in high school. Well, like you have a field, you know, landowner, you plant trees in a certain width apart, and as many trees in the field as you can, and you leave them and you let them grow, obviously. Well, if you leave them in that state that you plant them in, they never reach full maturity. Like, you know, it, to me, that is the world. Like, 
It's, you plan it for profit. You know, it's, uh, there's just no imagination in that, in God's creation. And those trees will consume themselves. Like you have to thin them and, and manage them properly. But if you leave them in that state, they just never reach full maturity. Like they drought comes, they get beetles, and they just die a slow, slow death. And for wildlife, that is, it's terrible. <laughs> like I got a turkey hunting buddy that calls out a pine straw desert because the pine straw chokes out the weeds like there's no native vegetation. Deer doesn't like it. Turkeys doesn't like it. It takes a lot of maintenance over time to make that fruitful. Like you gotta set it on fire. Prescribe burn. If you have planted pine trees, burn them every year. Native vegetation comes back. Deer like it. And baby poults eat the insects that, that uh, the native vegetation once it does grow. But to me, that's uh, how I felt at one time in my life. Like I was just a, a tree among a, amongst a lot of trees. Like we're all living a worldly lifestyle. Thought we were having a good time, you know, living for the world. But really we were dying, of, or I was particularly, dying a slow spiritual death. Like I wasn't fruitful. I was living such a worldly life that God couldn't use me in any way. And if you look at verse one, and in order to live a blessed life, you have to do these things. And that's kind of hopeless. Like, I mean, that's tough for me anyway. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Look at verse two. Every problem in the Bible, there's always an answer. And whose delight, if you don't hear anything else today, like hear this word, delight, in the law of the Lord. You know, delight is a great word, right? I mean, we find delight in pound cake. I mean, it's, it's a good word. And in order not to live a worldly life, we got to find the light in the law of the Lord. I mean, that's God's word. We, there is the light in it. I've got a long way to go, like a long way to go. But from Genesis to Revelation, like, I get turned around. Like, I don't know who's born before who, and was it a whale or was it a big fish? I just like get turned around. But I find a light in the gospel. Like I really like reading about Jesus and how he lived his life here. And I just, I, I find light in it and relate well to him. Like Mark uh, 1, 35 says Jesus, you know, he went out, got up very early in the morning, went out to, uh, solitary place while it was still dark and prayed. Well, this time of the year in the spring, I mean, I'll get up at 3, 3.30 in the morning, whatever it takes to, like, 
go spend time with God. Like I pray a lot, turkey hunting, right before I go turkey hunting and uh, just really love when the woods come alive. You know, I feel close to God. So I can just imagine Jesus, you know, he wasn't at the right hand of the Father. He was here and, you know, facing all the temptations and, and living here amongst us, you know, when he was here. I can just imagine what, how he felt in that moment. You know, I really relate to it well. Also, I find a light in, in the parables. Like, I relate to them well. They make sense. I understand them. And I would suggest, like, start there. Like, read, read the gospel. Once you find the light in it, other parts of the Bible start making sense. And, and it's easy to find delight in God's word. One parable I really like is uh, the parable of the sower. I'm going to uh, read that one. Let's go to Mark, I mean Matthew 13. I'm going to start with verse 3. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came up, the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it, did, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. What's best about this parable is Jesus explains it in 18, 18 through 23. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what is sown. Like we could spend half the day on that one parable, but I really relate well to 22 and 23. Like I was living a worldly life and, and like the word had fell on good soul at one point. And early on in my life, I was, uh, I did have time for God. Like I did feel the goodness of God, but that worldly life was, it was just choking my spiritual life. Like it was, so much weeds in it, like I just, you know, God couldn't use me in any way. But 
I felt the goodness of God in a time of my life that I really, uh, like it was life changing. You know, I started finding the light in the word. I started nourishing that relationship and started becoming like, uh, as verse two says, and who meditates on his law day and night. Once you find the light in a relationship with Christ and you start, like you, you really feel that goodness it's easy to meditate in it. And I'm, that script's not talking about like going off the grid, you know, going monk style and, and meditating. Like it's spending time with God, you know, like reading the word, finding the light in it, finding joy in it. Prayer, you know, spend, spend time in prayer. One thing I've been, if, benefited from the last year in particular is like just really dedicating time, like quiet time. Like Jesus went out early in the morning, you know, just spending time with God, like certain time of the day, just stop. And as you would a friend or your spouse or a dad or, or whoever in your life, a coach, like just just talk with him, spend time with him. Like, hey, guess what happened this morning? Like, I hope what happens this afternoon. And just, just like you get into a deeper, more intimate relationship. And that's what uh, I feel like meditate is, you know, really, really nourish that relationship. And when you do, like verse three really comes into play. The person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Now, I thought of one place when I, when I read that, like my very favorite place in the world, Savannah River. If I was a tree, that's where I'd want to be. You know, that river really, it really nourishes the river swamp that borders it. You know, it floods and they get plenty of moisture, but like a tree planted by streams in our spiritual life, like in John 7, 37, like there was a festival going on and the religious leaders were like just pouring out water for religious ceremony. But Jesus stood up and he was like, he used thirsty come to me to drink. Like he's the living water and Right after that verse, it, it talks about like a river of flowing water flowing through us, like the Holy Spirit, you know, coming in our lives. And once the Holy Spirit really starts working in our lives and starts transforming our hearts and, you know, the fruits of the Spirit become evident in our lives, we can be we can be fruitful, and and as that Holy Spirit nurses our lives, we enter into a really good season in our life. Like God can use us, like fruits of the Spirit that we don't even see in ourselves, others see, and that's when we start reaching a more 
spiritual mature um, relationship with Christ, which yields its fruit in season. Once we have, uh, you know, joy and peace and patience and self-control, all of that in our lives, we're able to share that, you know, and really fulfill what God put us here to do. And that is uh, to have a relationship with him and believe in, and share the good news of Christ and, and bring uh, believers to his kingdom. That's when, when you hear fruit or fruitful in the Bible, that's ultimately what it is, you know, bringing believers to Christ. And there's honestly nothing like that. You know, that's a, that's a very rewarding thing. Whatever and whose leaf does not prosper. I mean, that is so true right now. Like, we're going into a year of a pandemic, you know, and I know we probably all know someone that's lost a loved one or we've lost one and just isolation, but and economic impact is just, like it's a tough time. On top of what we all deal with, addiction and sexual immorality and just all the, the you know, fleshly things we, we deal with daily. Well, when you have that relationship with Christ, it's a healthy one and you mature in Christ, like you can be fruitful in all seasons, through pandemics, through tragedy, you know, through all of that, you can still, like that living water comes through you, you know, it flows through you. You have uh, the fruits of the Spirit and whatever they do prospers. You know, you can, you can fulfill your purpose in life because you do have the fruits in the spirit and you are spiritually mature. There's something I'm going to share with you guys that I thought about in verse three. Like it's, uh, it's the, it's where I'd want to be if I was a tree <laughs> is what it is. It's my favorite turkey hunting spot. It's what I, like when I showed you the worldly picture of the trees earlier, something that I see in, in nature that is God's creations that is very fruitful. And I will play it. Um, it's my favorite turkey on the spot and I'll explain it after, after the video. It'd take me a minute to refocus on that. This time of the year, when that old gobbler starts uh, starts in the woods, I get uh, I'll get a little distracted. I might want to bring the season in a little early. I'll be one of the first ones to 
give a message on Sunday and get locked up in the same week. <laughs> but that is my favorite spot. And it's a long, very remote part of Savannah River in Scriven County. So I wouldn't suggest trying to find it. And even if you did, it's guarded by SEAL Team 6. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to find it. But you see that like that's, to me, that's God's creation. Like no one planted those trees like years ago. The river flooded that swamp and it washed native seed and acorns and fish and dead leaves and I guess all kind of organic matter that just makes the soil really rich. Like, and there's no maintenance. Like, you don't fertilize it, no prescribed burning. Like, it's just God's creations. And the trees are spaced perfectly apart, so native vegetation comes up. It's just God's creation, like how he intended it. And because of that, it's very fruitful for the wildlife. Like, wildlife love it. You know, there's turkey, deer. You heard the hoot owls. I mean, it's just alive. And what's really cool about it is, like, I've never been to there. Like, I, that's the exact spot that the picture was taken. Like, I've never been there. Like, I physically can't get in there, in the, into that spot. My wheelchair won't get there. I can get right on the edge. There's a road that borders the, the swamp that I can get there and I can hear it and see it. But I just, like I physically can't get there. I feel like my, uh, like that's my spiritual life. Like I've felt, I've, I've felt the, the, the goodness of God and I do have joy and peace in my life. But boy, I want so much more. Like, I just want to press in and go, go deeper. Like, I, I know all the fruits of the Spirit there, and I, I want them all. Like, I want them all. And, like, I'm not a, a judgmental person at all. I, I'm glad that's not one sin I battle often. I really live by, like, the scripture would speck in someone else's eye, you know, don't judge them because you have a plank in yours. I've had uh, two fat lighter stumps wedged in both eye sockets my whole life, so I'm not, I'm not judgmental. So if, like a worldly life is you, look, that, you know, if, you, if you're having fun in life and, and, and a worldly life is, is what you like living, and it's what I lived not too long ago. You know, I not long ago you could have bought my favorite bottle of wine, uh, old old vine in Texas, black Spanish. The more air you put to it, the better it tastes. You could buy me a bottle of that, and we'd have us a good time. I promise. Now. If you want to taste it, you might better get two or three bottles because I liked it at one point. You put me behind the books of a small business and I guarantee you I can help you put more zeros on the left side of the decimal point than the right. 
It just takes a whole lot of effort. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, God gives us free will, and, and if he gives us free will, then me too, you know, live it up. But I've been down that path, and, but I've felt the goodness of God, and there's nothing like the goodness of God. Like, I want more of it. And I was telling you about, I really relate well to the parables. And one that I really like is the parable of the prodigal son. You know, the prodigal son, he, uh, he too lived for the moment. But he really lived for the moment. He went to his father and he was like, hey, I want, I want my inheritance now. Like, I'm ready to go have fun now. I want to go experience the world now. And his father did. He gave him his inheritance. He went off, lived a worldly life. You know, you can only imagine, you know, chased all the exotic women and, and alcohol. And he lived it up. Like, he, he lived it up. And when it was all gone, all the wealth was gone, he found himself in a bad spot. He was feeding hogs and couldn't even feed himself. I mean, he was starving to death. And probably out of just self-pity and selfishness, he, want, he wanted to go back to his father because he once felt the love of his father. And he did. And what's interesting about to me about that parable was the reaction of the father. Like he saw his son coming and met him out. Like he run to him. He met him out and took him in. Like forgive him for it all. Never, like it never happened. He was just happy that he was in his son's presence. And I so relate to that. I was like that 25 years ago. But I wasn't in a hog pen. I was in a hospital bed. I couldn't feed myself. I was eating from a feeding tube. I was battling the same things. Sexual immorality, you know, living for the moment, addiction. Like I too lived it up, lived for the moment. I wasn't trying to harm anyone. Wasn't trying to harm myself. Definitely wasn't trying to harm loved ones around me. Like I, I was in a bad spot. I'd messed up. And the world was telling me, doctors was telling me, you'll never walk again. You're gonna die tonight. Like it's over. Why should we even try? It's useless, hopeless. And as I live, too lived in the moment, you know. Jesus lived in that moment. 
and Christ come alive in my life. And boy, when he did, whoo, when he did, my life changed. And when, when the world was telling me, you're useless, you're hopeless, the Father showed me love and mercy. Because the Father didn't care what, what I did that morning. He didn't care what I did the night before. He doesn't care now what I did 25 years ago. And he doesn't care what you done last night, or you done yesterday, or you done last week. He doesn't care. Because Jesus took all of that. He took all of that pain I was suffering. He took all the pain you're suffering now. He took it to the cross and he left it. And he blindsided Satan two days later when he rose. And when he rose and he ascended to heaven, he didn't leave us here by himself to fight all that all the bitterness and brokenness that we go through here. He didn't leave us alone. He left the Holy Spirit, someone just like him, a counselor, a helper, to walk alongside of us, to help us through this world when we do go through tragedy and brokenness like it's there. And when the Holy Spirit works in our life, our life becomes Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is patience, is kindness, is goodness, is faithfulness. And our life becomes that. And when our life becomes that, we don't, walk in step with the wicked. We walk in step with the Spirit. And we don't stand in the way that sinners take. Like we resist that. Self-control kicks in. We don't sit in the company of mockers. We don't mimic the world. We don't mimic Satan. We mimic Jesus. Our ways become his ways. And boy, when you do. Boy, when you do. You fulfill your purpose in life. Like we're put here to have a relationship with God. And the only perfect relationship we know exists is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And because of what Jesus done on the cross, we can enter into that relationship. And we can find the goodness of God and feel the goodness of God and seek more of it and want it. Yeah, the world is like this deceitful. We seem like we live in a world of wonderful life, but really we die a spiritual death, a slow one. But that goodness of God is real, is wonderful, and it's what we're here to experience. You see, like we none deserve the grace of God. But we all deserve the love of Jesus. Like we deserve to feel that love of Jesus. And if today, like you don't feel it, and you are in that bad spot, 
And you do need the Lord. You do need to, you want to feel the goodness. And Jesus is living in this moment for you. Like run to him, don't resist. He wants, he wants you to have the goodness. He wants you to feel that love. Like just run to him. If there's anyone here today, like uh, this is your moment and you want to feel the goodness of God and you're tired of the pain and addiction or whatever you're going through, you know, God doesn't care. Like he just wants to be in your presence. Stand to your feet. Like now, if you want to like run to him, run to him and run to him and he will forgive you for whatever you went through and you can enter back in the goodness of God. If you're in a place I was like 25 years ago, the word at one point fell on good soul, but the worldly life I was living choked it out. Like it strangled my, you know, my spiritual life. I mean, I was starving. Chase is about to unleash his talent and and just praise the Lord. And why he is, come down here. If there's something holding you back in life right now that you don't feel the goodness of God and you can't reach spiritual maturity and you can't fulfill your purpose here on earth, like to share the good news of Christ, come down here and leave it. Spend time with God, like spend some time in prayer and leave that and go on to fulfill your purpose in life. And that is to have a smile on your face and have joy in your heart and share the good news of Christ. Thank you, Connection. Appreciate it. And I'll be out there amongst you next week. <laughs>